Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We'll talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. Today we're in Romans chapter 6 and lots again to chew on in Romans chapter 6 and uh, just spend time sitting in. So Clark and I will walk through the chapter and just share what stuck out to us today. Yeah, what stood out to me just right off the bat was from the first two verses. I'll read them to you from the ESV. Paul says, what shall we say then? Because the context here, he's talking about how Adam really messed up mm-hmm, in chapter mm-hmm. 5 and how just as one man sinned, uh, everyone be- became a sinner, essentially the second we were conceived in the womb. Um, and then he said, just mm-hmm. through one man, Jesus, now we have the opportunity to be saved. So what's our response to that? And this is chapter 6, dead to sin, alive to God. Mm-hmm. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? Mm-hmm. By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that you've been baptized with Christ, yada, yada, yada? He starts breaking down another analogy. Hmm. But the questions he's asking, what shall we say then? Are we going to continue to sin so that grace may abound? Like, how much can we get away with, essentially, is what a number of people are asking him. (laughs) And I think that often comes into play. I was talking to someone recently about kind of purity in a dating relationship. One of Mm -hmm. the, the common questions asked is, like, how far is too far? Yeah, physically, where's yeah, phys- the line? Physically, like how, how much can we do to mm. enjoy this? And, and one of the things I'm learning is just that we have to ask a better question. Yeah. Instead of asking, like, what, how far can I get away with? What can we do? Mm-hmm. It's more of how can we take our, our relationship, yeah. our physical touching, whatever we watch, our eating and our drinking, the people we hang out with, how can those things help us become more like Jesus? Mm-hmm. How can those things empower purity? How can those things point us towards holiness? And so instead of saying, you know, hey, Quinn, um, how much can I get away with? Like, how much sin can I have? Because you know, I'm going to be forgiven by God's grace. Let's invite ourselves to ask a different question. How can we use our relationships, our hobbies, our recreational activities uh, to point us to the Lord and point to purity, holiness, becoming more like Jesus. And so Bobby is on a binky hunt right now. So I'm going to keep going. Sorry, I just yelled into the microphone. So if you keep going, uh, verses 6, 7, and 8 give us a really powerful picture as to what Jesus Christ has done because we don't want to take advantage of grace. Christ gave up everything for us. Picking up in verse 6, it says, We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing. So that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For the one who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we have died with Christ. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. And this is a powerful picture. I'm hoping Bobby will come back here in just a minute. Because she's got a a really helpful story about uh, imagining and and envisioning yourself performing and, and doing things. So uh, oftentimes you'll have coaches say the power of visualization, like close your eyes and picture yourself making the jump shot. Or close your eyes and picture yourself standing before the crowd speaking. Bless you. And and there's this power in visualization that then allows you to step in and have more confidence, allow your body to line up with your thinking and actually do what you're hoping to do, these kind of things. And uh, so... Bobby's on the beaky hunt, but she, her track coach did this basically. Her track coach would have the the girls lay around um, on like the, the the floor before a meet. He would play some quiet music. Hey, you're back. You tell us. 
Well, first of all, let me just say it wasn't before every meet, but it was before like districts. And as like the seven time reigning district champions for the girls team, we you would literally have us do like Clark's talking about just this visualization exercise where 30 minutes of our practice would be dedicated to just sitting in quiet, closing your eyes and literally picturing yourself in the blocks, picturing yourself starting out of the blocks with correct form. Picturing yourself while you're breathing, running, chin down slowly, like all these little detail things. <laughs> as you're doing this, you know, as freshman, sophomore, junior, I don't even remember how old we were, but it's kind of like, oh, this is kind of silly, you know, we're giggling. But you, there's, you know, something to that. <laughs> Paul's getting at here, like when we visualize these things, like it literally set up our um, mental picture for how to live that out. Yeah, and, and what Jesus Christ has done with this. Because if yeah, you envision like him nailing our sin to the cross, Colossians talks about that, how he, he dismantled evil. He made a public yeah. spectacle of them. Remember what Christ has done, and now we're dead to sin, life to Christ. He nailed the thing that, that has caused you shame and mm-hmm. regret mm-hmm. and guilt. So going back to the power of visualization, yeah. take the things that you battle, Mm-hmm. The memories, the mental images, and literally picture Jesus Christ nailing them to the cross, mm-hmm. and you say goodbye to them. Doesn't mean we won't have hiccups and, and have to say mm-hmm. no to them again five minutes from now, mm-hmm. one day from mm-hmm. now. But the power of visualization, Christ has taken it, Christ has defeated it. We're dead to sin, life to Christ. It's awesome. And I love what you're saying there. So that's actually probably what stuck out most to me alive to Christ, because I think you're probably pretty close to verse 12, aren't you? Yep. Yep. So uh, NIV version, this is leading up to verse 12. The death he died, he died to sin once and for all. The life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Jesus Christ. Verse 12, therefore, we know that's a word to pay attention to. Do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey um, its evil desires. So right there, not only is it the power of visualization in our lives, but it's just the truth and the reality of what Jesus has done. Mm-hmm. And so like Clark's really pounding home here. I want to share this story because it's not just living out of Jesus dying on the cross, but it's actually believing that he resurrected and that his power that he showed us through resurrection life coming out of the tomb is ours today also. And so, yes, visualize this stuff, um, visualize our sin, handing it over. And maybe it's going to take, you know, every day, every five minutes, every breath. I don't know you visualizing this and really actually stepping into the reality. And then out of that, we actually walk empowered by the Holy Spirit to live without sin reigning over us. So this isn't just, I want to give you this picture, Jackie Hill Perry, was in a same-sex relationship. Um, now she's a married woman. She's pregnant with her fourth child. She's yeah, four kids now. She's pregnant with her fourth kid. Yep. All right. <laughs> and anyway, Trying to keep up with praise us. God. Anyway, she she talks about this in a huge way, where she just said, you know, when I was in a same-sex relationship and the, I encountered the Lord every day after that, and even still in a heterosexual relationship, married. I have to come back to the power of who Jesus is and the real life truth of Holy Spirit in my life because I can't just change my own behavior by trying harder. Mm-hmm. So that's a word, you guys. You Literally, we can't just try ourselves out of this. We can't will ourselves yes. yeah, to holiness or and so Christ-likeness. That's why verse 12 is so significant, that therefore, therefore, because Jesus has done this, because the tomb is empty, mm-hmm. because of what we just read in verses 10 and 11, then now do not let sin 
live into the resurrection power. Do not let sin reign. Yeah. And so there's all kinds of ways that he he's going to give us tidbits after this too about uh, pictures, but then even later in Romans too about what we can, Romans as well, well about what we can one, do. One of the other passages that yes. comes to my mind is Paul's letter to the the church in Corinth, 1 Corinthians 10, he says, no, no temptation has seized you yeah. except what is common to man. A God's faithful. He'll not mm. allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear, and he'll always provide a way out for you. Huh. And that's essentially what it says. And so no matter what it is you're going mm-hmm. through today or tomorrow, if you're in Christ, you have hope. You actually have an option. Right. There, there are <laughs> things that feel like they're a stronghold and they're a grip. They're addicting. And you have a great reason to have hope. Because you actually have an option to say no. It might take an accountability partner. It might take a 12-step program. It might take uh, prayer and fasting. It might take a couple months or years to like, get over whatever it is you're going through. But it's a continual saying no to sin. But more importantly, a higher yes to Jesus in his way because of what right. he's done. Mm-hmm. And like Bobby said, that's a moment-by-moment battle. I wish it wasn't, but... That's the it living really in a broken is. world. Yeah, it's yeah. not just you feeling like it. Like, that is reality. Like, yeah. we have struggle with addictions. That's that's yeah. where we're at. And it, so... Well, in ahead. the next couple of verses, looking at, like, yeah. 16 and 17, mm-hmm. um, I, I like how he talks about obedience. Mm-hmm. Because thanks be to God, verse 17, that you who were once slaves to sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching which mm-hmm. you've committed. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say there are times when you start something, it does not feel natural, just like riding yeah. a bike, shooting <laughs> a basket, playing an instrument. It does not feel natural. In fact, it feels very unnatural. And that can be the same way following Jesus. And it just takes time. Mm -hmm, It takes mm -hmm. time. It takes practice. It takes time spent with him. And the more time you spend with him, I believe the more joy you find in him and in the life he calls us to. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It doesn't promise wealth or health. But it is best because he created us and he knows what's best for not only us but everybody around us. And so in time, verse 17, becoming obedient from the heart. I just trust that Mm. when we're faithful and we're clinging to God because he was first faithful, we're sticking to time spent with him, reading the word, church on Sundays, talking to him throughout the day, um, worshiping and singing and being part of a greater community. These are the things that change our heart. He changes our heart from the inside out. So if you're at a spot again where you're like, I'm trying, but it feels really unnatural. It feels awkward. And I don't even want to do what Jesus is telling me to do. Mm, yeah. I'm saying, great. Way to go acknowledging that and still be obedient and still be obedient. Mm-hmm. Just continue to submit that to the Lord. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. I mean, last thing for me, guys, is this language sometimes can be a little bit like, hmm, what? Like slave to righteousness. But when we, when we realize what Paul's laying out here is you are a slave to sin without Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And even in Jesus Christ, we still like want to turn around like a dog to its vomit. And so instead of that, like Clark is saying, with this wholehearted obedience, that's what my translation says, you wholeheartedly obey the form of teaching to which you, you were entrusted. Hmm. There's so much to say there. But essentially, um, what he's talk- Paul's talking about is when you, um, when you, walk with the Lord. There's uh, passages that talk about how, what's the, why gain the whole world and lose your soul? Mm-hmm. Um, and Paul's, it's kind of the same language right here. I want to read it to you in the message version. Um, what verses is this? I'm going to pick this up. Verse 17, 18. Okay. You know well enough from your own experience that there are some acts of so-called freedom that actually destroy freedom. Offer yourself to sin, for instance, and it's your last free act. But offer yourself to the ways of God and the freedom never quits. All your lives, you've let sin 
tell you what to do. But thank God you've started listening to a new master, one whose commands set you free to live openly in his freedom. So that's why the slaves to righteousness language can kind of trip us up a little bit. But when we act, when we dig in a little bit and see, okay, let's understand, Paul, help me understand, Holy Spirit, what's going on. We see that actually true freedom is in Christ. It's mm-hmm. not being a slave to our flesh. And last but not least, verse 23, which is the final verse yeah. of this chapter. I love it because it tells us what we deserve. And then it also tells us that God treats us in a way that we don't deserve. So mm, we're sinners. Like we do yeah. things every day. Like what should we get for that? It says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Mm. So it's as simple as repenting and believing mm-hmm. and following Christ is hard. We just trust that we spend time with him. The Holy Spirit's going to change us and we'll experience obedience from the heart. If you're getting tripped up with some sin, visualize it nailed to the cross. Christ has defeated it. You give that to him, and now you have an option. Not only to say no to sin, but have a higher yes to Jesus Christ. Hmm. So thanks for spending time with us today. We pray that you meet the Lord in Romans 6, and uh, hope you're having a great week. God bless you, and we'll talk to you Friday. The Lord bless you and keep you. He'll make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give him his peace. Have a great day.